0: Hey, family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, his gospel, and what living life in his kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Ready for some gospel? Man, let's hop in. So, I hear you guys had a great time last week. My wife was um, here last week, and uh, she's always, she's a joy. She's actually not here right now. She's at the, at the is at the Memorial Marathon, what, is that what it's called? So she said that she left home at like 420 this morning. I was like, God bless y'all. Even Jesus wasn't up at 420 this morning. I was just like, so I heard the door open. I was like, God bless you, babe. we going to have a good time in church today, <laughs> like, Sorry, trying to drink some tea for my throat. Um, I got a, a couple of passages I want to read to you, but you know me. I'm going to share some good news with you. Um, Colossians chapter 1, uh, 19 through 23. If you weren't here uh, two weeks back, uh, you need to make sure and go listen to our podcast. Listen, if you don't listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast. If you have an iPhone, you can just go on um, I guess it's called Apple Podcast. I don't know what they call it. Whatever that podcast platform is, it comes. I think it just comes on your phone, I think if you have an Apple phone. But just look up Way Family Church, look for the W. That's who we are. Way Family Church. Um, if you have an Android, um, I use what's called PodBean when I had Android. And from there, just look up Way Family Church. But listen to the podcast. It is crucial that you do that. If you want a journey in your faith, your gospel journey with Jesus, you got to do it. There's a lot of news out here, but then a lot of good news. I'm telling you, a lot of churches are, are sharing good advice, but we need good news. Good news. What is news? If you get a newspaper, it's telling you what happened the day before, the week before, right? The days before. News is what's already been done. That's why it's called good. The scripture says in Proverbs, it said. Like cold water is to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. So we're telling people what Christ has already done, and that's why it's good news. That's why we call it the finish what? It's the finished work. It's not the almost to be done work. It is the finished work. Colossians chapter one, um, I want to read nineteen through twenty three. Two weeks ago, we read from verse twelve and thirteen where we talked about this. It is the Father who qualifies us. It is the Father who delivered us or through the Son. And it is the father and son that has moved us into his kingdom, right? So you're qualified, you're delivered, and you have been moved into the kingdom of his son. And God didn't do this by our own effort. He did it. Because watch this. God always does the heavy lifting. Said God always does the heavy lifting. So some good news today. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19 to 23. Um, hey, Matt, would you just give me that paper behind that water bottle there, bro? That's where my notes are this morning. It says this, for it pleased the Father. This is Paul writing to the church at Colossae. It pleased the Father that in Jesus, that him there is Jesus. Everybody say him is Jesus. It pleased the Father that in Jesus, all of the fullness should dwell. Now, this is This is a monumental verse. It pleased the father that all of his fullness or watch this. The fullness of the Trinity would dwell or be seen in Jesus. In other words, all of God that you could cram into the flesh of a human being. That was Jesus. That's 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 profound to me. And by Jesus, it pleased the father by Jesus to reconcile all things to himself. Now, what things consist of all things? Every creature, every bird, every star, every blade of grass, every rock, every human being. Somebody say all things. It pleased the Father that all things would be reconciled or brought back to him by Jesus. And he says this. It doesn't matter, he says, whether it's things in earth or on, he- or on earth or in heaven. Watch this. He has now made peace through what? You see that? He has made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, watch this. And you, meaning us, you who were once alienated, watch this, or you could say separated or at distance, and enemies in your what? Mind. He said it was in your mind. You felt separated or alienated or enemies of God in your mind by what? wicked works in other words the things you did made you feel that way yet now he has reconciled you you felt at distance you felt alienated but now (laughs) you've been brought close you've been reconciled how did he do this well between 21 and 22 it's an actually it's it's a a beautiful just not a run-on sentence but it actually carries on he did this in the body of his flesh through death And he did this to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Thank you, Jesus, for the gospel. I pray that the word penetrates your heart today. In Jesus name. I just want to just kind of pick apart some of these verses for you and uh, we'll talk about some gospel with you. That okay. So it pleased the father verse 19 that in Jesus, all of his fullness should dwell. Understand that when you read the Bible and you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you read things that Jesus did, it wasn't just G- Jesus watched this been a solo cop everywhere. Jesus went, the father was with him. And not only was the father with him, the spirit of the father or of God was with Jesus. You understand that? So when you see Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus, it's not just a godly man, a rabbi, teacher, or prophet. It's not even just the son of God himself healing blind Bartimaeus. You see the whole trinity there. Oh, We're in school now. You're learning something now. Jesus said, I and my father are one. You never see the son doing anything without the father being with him. Jesus lived his first 30 years of his life just as a carpenter. Watch this. Even though the spirit of God, of course, was in him, but the spirit of God, meaning Holy Spirit, didn't come to rest on and empower Jesus until the age of 30 at a baptism. And the Spirit of God came in the form as a dove and rested upon the shoulder of Jesus. And that is when, as it were, Jesus at that time became known as Jesus Christ. He was not Jesus Christ before then because Christ means the anointing and his anointing. It's the, for, the, for the Jews, It's he's the Messiah. But nobody called him Jesus Christ until baptism because that's when he got his kingly anointing. So at the age of 30, he received an anointing by the Holy Spirit upon his shoulder. And from that day forward, miracles began to come from his fingertips. So watch this. Jesus met Christ at baptism. It wasn't like Deshaun Loveless, Matt Louder, Chris Peel, Josh Jones, Jeremiah Sweat, Cameron Baker, and Jesus Christ. Christ was not his last name. Matter of fact, they didn't even have last names in the Scripture. Right. He was Jesus Christ, but Christ met him at the age of 30 at baptism. That being said, anywhere Jesus went, the Holy Spirit was there and the father was working. Jesus even said this. He said, I don't do anything unless I see my father do it first. So when Jesus would heal somebody, it's not even that that was what Jesus did. He said, I saw my dad do that first. It's so quiet in here right now. You can hear a pee on a cotton ball. When Jesus would take his thumb and wipe blindness out of people's eye, it wasn't so much that Jesus said, this is what I want to do. He said, I saw my father do that first. Matter of fact, Jesus would go on and say this. He said, the words that you hear me speak, that's what I hear my father say. Right? So remember when they're getting ready to stone the, the, adult, uh, the, the prostitute lady? Right. In John 8, they're going to take rocks and crush her skull. And Jesus steps in, didn't allow him to do that. That wasn't just the son of God stopping a woman from getting stoned. It was the father through the son saying, I refuse to let you stone my baby girl. I ain't saying nothing. That's why we got to see Jesus as the whole trinity in operation, because in America, we still pit the father against the son. We still say things like, well, in the Old Testament, the father was killing people. But in the New Testament, the son comes along and he stops the father from killing people. No, 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 no. We have what we call duality. We still think there's the father over there and there's a son over there. And sometimes the father's mean. He's a cosmic abuser. But the son came to stop him. Jesus didn't die to save you from the wrath of God. Jesus is God. Jesus didn't die to save you from the wrath of God. God has no wrath toward anybody, and neither has he ever had wrath toward anybody. We read scripture wrong. Matter of fact, in Romans 5, when they put that in there, if you look up of God, wrath of God in the concordance, of God isn't in there. They put it in our English translation to try to make the text make sense. Why would Jesus die to save you from the wrath of God, who he himself is? If he was trying to get you to God, why would he die to save you from the wrath of God? If my dad is that bad and wants to kill me, I don't want you to take me in the house where he's at. I'm going to stay in the yard. So Jesus was the Trinity in motion. And he, he so was this that he said, when you see me. John 14, when you see me, you are literally with human eyes beholding God. Right? When you see me, you see my Father. And Paul says, it pleased the Father that in the Son all of his fullness should dwell. All the love, all the kindness, all the goodness, all the judgment, all the righteousness, all the authority, all the power of God that there was could be seen in the sun. And not only that, he says this in verse 20, and by the son, he would reconcile all things in heaven and all things on earth back unto himself. So really, what was the life of Jesus really about? It was more than just forgiving us of sins. God was doing this. He said, I'm going to start a divine reconciliation process. It's it's what is the terminology that they call it in the Greek Apocatastasis. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but it's basically God saying this. I'm going to restore all things to the way that they were originally meant to be before Adam ever even fell in a garden. And because it was a human being that got themselves into this mess, I can't send an angel to fix it. I need a human being to do it. So God said, I'm going to become a human being. And what you got yourself in, but you couldn't get yourself out of as a human being. I'm going to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself in a thousand lifetimes. And so we have what we call the incarnation where God becomes human. And he literally was the beauty of God on two legs. Do you understand that children follow Jesus around? People would follow him around for days, literally. And Jesus didn't have an Xbox? Football? Football? But he was the embodiment of wonder. They followed Jesus around for three days to the point of passing out. And the disciples said, hey, Jesus, send these people home. They need to eat. And Jesus said, how about you feed them? He said, Man, you just a carpenter. You don't know what you're talking about. They 5,000 men out here, not including their wives and their kids. And you know, Jews like to have babies. They have, They get down in the Jewish household. <laughs> Most most historians would say it was probably 20, 25,000 people, easy. And those seminary students of Jesus said, we don't got nothing to do it. And a little boy walks up and he says, Um, you know, I don't know if it's much, but I got I got my lunch for today. I got these two sardines right here and five pieces of bread. And Jesus said, That's enough. The disciples were like, Oh, here we go again. What's he gonna do? You know. Sit the people down. But this is God in flesh. This is the fullness of God in a fleshly body. And Jesus does something he always does when food. He takes it. The Bible says he blessed it. He would hold it up. He blessed it and then he broke it. And then he gave the food back to the disciples. You ready for a good mic drop moment? The, (laughs) The fish and bread did not multiply through the hands of Jesus. It multiplied through the hands of the disciples. After he blessed it to the father, he gave it back to the disciples and they begin to distribute. And every time they get to the bottom of the basket, it's like, man, I know I just had two pieces in there. Where's it coming from? What he blessed got multiplied through the hands of those that were passing out. And they're like, what in the world is happening? Well, this is God in flesh. And God in flesh, the father was using the life of the son to bring all things back to himself. He said, it doesn't matter if there were things in heaven or things on earth. I'm bringing them all back. So watch this. We were taught to pray the prayer of Jesus, our Father, who art in, not Howard be thy name. His name ain't Howard now. He said, hallowed, (laughs) hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy will be on how? So watch this. Everybody say, that's an H. I know I got that, but that's an H. You got to see with the spirit. That's an H. See, that's an H. Heaven, and then you got earth, right? Right? So we still view this as separation, even though really there isn't any separation. But how the first verse in the Bible says, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. They've always been connected. In the last chapter of your Bible, you see heaven and earth. Perfectly in union. It's always meant to be that way. But the problem is, how do I get what's in heaven to happen on the earth? How do I get heaven on earth again? What is the reality of that? That reality was Jesus. Look at what Paul says. God uses, watch this, here's the go between. God used the life of the Son, God uses Jesus. In verse 20, he says, by Jesus, I'm going to reconcile everything in heaven and on earth. How? He says, in the sun. I just told you something you ain't never heard before. I'm telling you, God has used Jesus to bring heaven and earth back into alignment. And even though it don't look like it may be on your street. He says, I reconciled everything in heaven and everything on earth, and I didn't do it through an amazing church service. I did it through the life and flesh of my son, Jesus. Jesus was the embodiment of heaven on earth every single time. So when you see something in your life, it could be a lack of wisdom. It could be a crazy spouse. Anyway, so it could, be, it could be a crazy spouse. It could be crazy kids. You need to start telling yourself, Father, I know that you reconciled this through the life of your son. And I just make this declaration over this issue that what you've done in the life of your son through reconciliation made the reality of that thing be made manifest in this area of my life. You are praying a biblical prayer when you do that rather than saying, Johnny, God, I wish you'd do something with Johnny. He's the worst husband in the world. No good, don't want to work, don't want to clean, don't want to keep these kids. You're no good for nothing. And God said, so you just prayed over him that he was good for nothing, the worst dad in the world, didn't want to take care of kids. I don't got to answer that prayer that you just prayed, even though it's happening in your life. So we got to learn to pray biblical prayers. I know what you said he is, but why don't you pray something that's biblical? I'm in the church. It's quiet. No, no, we, we, were doing, we were doing good when I was talking about blessings and stuff earlier, but. Jesus has reconciled all things in heaven and in earth, even though it doesn't look like it. And here's why I want to hang my hat for a moment before we get done here. The latter part of verse 20 says this, having made peace through the blood of his cross. How many of you guys grew up in church like I did where you were taught there were times because of how you lived or didn't do something right that God was out to get you? We treated God, watch this, we treated God, I'm going to get enough money when I'm going to buy me a uh, eraser. I know exactly where it is, it's in the children's department. I know exactly where it is. So, what's that? Uh, you're not a failure, Grant, you're not a failure, you're not a failure, you're not a failure, Grant. So watch this. So, So, we treated God as if he was... If you if you're Italian, you know what that means. We treated God like He was a Godfather. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take him out later on this evening. (laughs) He's not Godfather. He's not Godfather. You know who he really is. He's not Godfather. He's Father God. And I'm telling you, uh, Yahweh, our Father, was never at war with human beings. It wouldn't even be a war. But the absence of peace was not on God's end. The absence of peace was always on our end. And Jesus came to make peace through the blood of his cross. Why peace? Because there was a war that was waged. And I'm telling you, there are times when in my personal life, everything around me is good. But the real turmoil that nobody sees is what's happening on the inside of my own life. And there's a place in your life that a preacher can't touch, a worship leader can't touch. I'm telling you, you got to be able to find somebody who knows how to go a little bit deeper. But the real turmoil was in here. But I'm telling you, I grew up in church. I got a few guys in here that, that grew up in my same community. I'm telling you, God was always out to get us. We would say things like this in church. Okay, you don't pay tithes? That's okay. God going to take it out in doctor bills. Like, what are you talking about? The spirit of smack comes on me, man, when I hear that kind of stuff. That's okay. God going to let your car tear up. Man, I live in Oklahoma. We got more potholes here. You, you can get lost driving down our streets. It is not God trying to take money back from you that you didn't pay tithes because your tire busted. It's called you was driving down 50th Street. That's what happened there. And I stay on the south side of Elm, and it's rough down there where we at. So don't, I get it. It's rough, but I'm, God ain't trying to get me. Like if, if, if God wanted to get you, where are you going to hide from? him? It's like Adam hiding in a garden as if you hid behind that tree and God didn't know where you were. I mean, God's at all places at all times, Adam. Where you, even though, Adam, you built a little, you know, I don't know how that brother found out how to sew, but he built some, took some fig trees and made him an apron, and God could have been like, I'm behind you, your backside's still showing Adam, you forgot about that. Like, where do you hide? He's God. Like, what do you do? Right? Even in the Garden of Eden, you know what Adam felt? You know what Adam felt? He's going to get me. He's going to get me. Did God get him? Like, did God get him? Watch this. Our, Our Heavenly Father is not a cosmic abuser. Contrary to popular belief, he doesn't abuse his kids. And the scripture says that Jesus came, and because of Jesus, he made peace through the blood of his cross. The lack of peace was never on heaven's end. It was always on earth's end. I want you to read this with me. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 5. Katie, I think I gave you those verses in the back. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, 2. Man, Romans is one of those books that you have to at least once in your life sit down and read all the way through without stopping because then it just it becomes really beautiful. He says in verse 1, therefore, everybody say therefore. We got to know what therefore is therefore, but in order to know why it's therefore, you got to read the preceding chapters. Therefore, most of us don't know what it means because we haven't read our way through. But therefore, I'm going to tell you, okay? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why this is therefore. So he basically just got done talking about Abraham, how Abraham was justified by faith in God. Right? He says this, and he takes it into Jesus that the promise of you and I being righteous in the sight of God is by faith, not through works, right? And then he says what Abraham did was not just for his own sake, meaning that he was counted righteousness by faith in God. He said it wasn't just for him, it was for all of us, right? This is what he says, verse 5, I mean, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified or made righteous by what? Faith, so you're not made righteous because of what you do, you're made righteous because of what you believe. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through who? I want you to see this. Has the father ever been at war with the son? Has the father ever been at war with the son? Do you think the father is in perfect harmony with the son now? The same peace that exists between father and son right now, that is our peace. That's a supernatural peace, by the way. Jesus said while he walked the earth, he said, my peace give I unto thee. I want you to know if you don't have peace somewhere in your life, you have failed to see the gospel correctly. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If it would have said we have peace with God by church services, we would all be getting it. We have peace with God because of Amazon. We'd all be having some peace right now. It don't happen that way. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because the same peace that our Lord Jesus Christ has, it has by way of holy union been given to us. The same peace that the Father has with the Son, it is our peace. It is our peace. Let me read this one to you. Uh, Ephesians 2 13 and 18, or through 18. Ephesians 2. I need to go ahead and wrap up here. Ephesians chapter 2. She said, take your time pastor. Y'all... Four more hours here. Here we go. (laughs) It's good, Pastor, but it ain't that good. (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians 2, 13. Look at this. But now, let me just, yeah, I don't want to read all that. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This, to me, is perplexing. Just keep on reading. Why? For Jesus himself is our what? So Jesus said, my peace give I to you. Paul says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the same guy says, oh, by the way, Jesus is your peace. Well, you should have just told me that, Paul. Jesus is our peace. And you know what I like about this? I know how to spell peace, P-E-A-C-E. How's the other way you spell peace? What is it? Are you sure? Somebody said a piece of pie. You hungry? You ready to get out of church? Je- Jesus doesn't give his peace in pieces. So, no, hold us. So, so you either have all of his peace or you have none of his peace. Do you have a piece of Jesus? You have all of Jesus. So we have all of the peace of God in the person of Jesus Christ. He himself is our peace, verse 14, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Man. Going back to Colossians, Paul says, It pleased the Father that in Jesus, all of his goodness would dwell, all of his fullness would dwell. By Jesus, he has brought the whole cosmos back to himself. Doesn't matter if it's things in heaven or things on earth. And he's made peace through the blood of his cross. I want to tell you something. God made peace between us and him because the problem was never on his end. It was always on our end by his son. In other words, Jesus on the cross is God saying, can't you see now humans that I have nothing against you? I mean, Jesus on his worst day on a cross, if you wanted to get God upset, man, if you want to get any parent upset, mess with their kids. It's one thing to mess with my car. You can vandalize my house, but it's another thing when you mess with somebody's children. And the son of God, who was very God himself, they put him on a cross, put the hair out of his face, beat him to within inches of a bloody pole, which he would go on to die the same day. And you would have thought that Jesus said, "Okay, dad, I'm done. Wipe him out. (laughs) You let somebody be beating my son. I'm 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 calling Caitlin, Stephen. I'm going to get every gun you got. We about to blow up the neighborhood. Do whatever you got to do. Jesus, who was God. He said, Papa, forgive them. I know you. I know you weren't from North Carolina. He was no way he was from North Carolina. He said, "Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing." That was the embodiment of peace. Literally speaking peace over humans. And the Trinity in that moment was saying, "I am at peace with you. I've been at peace with you, and as of this day forward, I will forever be at peace with you." Yo, oh, this is the beauty of the gospel. He made peace through the blood of his cross. And because the a sacrifice can never draw back up within it, the blood which it laid down, the blood that was shed on that day for the peace of the cosmos will forever be settled in the eyes of all eternity. And it will forever speak better things than the blood of Abel. And then verse 21, and you who were once alienated or separated in your mind as an enemy by wicked works, yet now God has reconciled. So I'm going to go back and read that verse in Ephesians. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been what? Brought near, Ephesians 2, 13, by the blood of the cross. Jesus shedding blood was for us to become near again. I don't want you far off in your mind. Come on, Kim, would you matter come to the keys for me? I don't want you far off in your mind, far off in your thinking, nor far off in your everyday lifestyle. In Christ Jesus, you who were once far off are now brought what? Near. By what? The blood of the cross. Can I tell you something? It is impossible for you to get closer to God. I always ask people, and they always give me the same five answers. How do you get closer to God? You can't get closer to God. How much closer to God can you get than being in him? You're going to read more, fast more, pray more, church attendance more? You're going to give more? What are you going to do? How do you get closer to God? It's impossible. If you can do something to get closer to God, that means you found out something that works better than what Jesus did for us, and that doesn't exist. I'm telling you, that doesn't exist, man. That doesn't exist, man. He says, you who were once far off have been brought nigh in Christ Jesus by his blood. And this same Jesus, he is our peace. Let me keep on reading verse 16. And God did this, Ephesians 2, 16, that he might reconcile both people to God. Jews and Gentiles in one body through the cross, putting to death all enmity, all enmity. God said, I put that thing down. It's done. And Jesus came and he preached peace to those who are far off. And he preached peace to those who were near. For through Jesus, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Man, this is good news. Can I tell you something? My kids don't have to ask me, can they come and get in my lap? Now, they're getting a little big now. Don't get me wrong. I did stay up after my wife left this morning. I'm up on the couch reading. And i gets up at like 5-something. He comes in there. And I had to just, the light was barely on. I'm on the couch. Man, I had it right, y'all. I had to, y'all don't know nothing about this right here because, you know, I'm skinny. So I had, (laughs) I'm laying on the couch, and I had that little heater right close to the couch. Hold on, hold on. And you know you can't put the blanket all the way over the heater, but if you just barely drape it over the top of it, that heater will still run. And so you know it was like just blowing, and it was toasty. It was like I was at the beach, y'all. And I'm reading the Bible like, "Thank you, Jesus." <laughs> Honor comes in the room. He's like, "What you doing? Living the life, bro? You want to get up on here?" And he gets up in there, gets really, really close to me. But he didn't have to ask. Could he do it? I'm his dad. I don't care who I'm meeting with. I don't care if I'm meeting with the president. My kids will always have access to me. That's, going, that's one of the values of my. They always have access to me. And I don't ever want them to doubt that. The Bible says, by Jesus, we have access to the spirit of our father. Do you understand? You can't read enough, pray enough, fast enough, give enough, go to church enough, not cuss enough. You can't even repent enough to get closer to God. Jesus has done it. It's just all gospel, y'all. It's just all gospel. Listen to this and we're done. Yet now he has reconciled us. Verse 22 of Colossians 1. He reconciled us in the body of his flesh through death to present us holy and blameless above reproach in his sight. How did he do this? In the body of his flesh. In the body of his flesh. I got some more notes, but I'm not going to read that. In the body of his flesh. In the body of his flesh. As beautiful as his flesh was, because in his flesh is where the fullness of the Godhead dwelt. Which, by the way, if the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus, and now the Bible says you and I are in Christ Jesus. If the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus, and now you and I are in Jesus, we're his body. No, if the fullness of God dwelt in the body of Jesus and now you and I as the body of Christ Jesus, that means you live where the fullness lives. That means we live where the fullness lives. Fullness of what? God. But, but, but who is God? What does God have? Does God lack Peace. I'm, a, I'm a, Okay, let me go. Watch this. Does God like mental health? You be, understand where we live. Understand where we live. Every time I lose my attitude, I'm like, Jesus, I know that wasn't you. Give me what you paid for in the son. Let me live out that truth. And I'll find a scripture verse somewhere to unite my faith to and just believe God, pray, repent, pray, believe. God helps us, man. He said, I did this through the, the body of my son's flesh. I'm telling you to the same degree that Jesus gave his body for us to that same degree we have to see ourselves being whole. We have to see it. So you can't get closer to God. You already have the peace of God and that's the same peace that the father has with his son (laughs) and he said I gave my body for you not just for your peace I gave it to you So that you could be holy and without blame. I was going to read from 1 Peter 1. I believe it's verse 15 and 16. He says this. He says, be ye holy even as he is holy. Right? I grew up in church where you were considered holy if you did certain things. Like if you didn't smoke, they would say, oh, he's what? He's holy. If you didn't watch a certain kind of movie, he's what? He's holy. Uh, He don't cuss. He's holy. Crazy things. Those ladies, they only wear skirts. She's and she ugly. They don't wear no makeup. Well, if that's holiness, I told Lindsay we ain't going that route. We're going to find another level of holiness. We were holy and ugly. Y'all ain't ready for this. Watch it. We were holy and poor. My father in law tells a story as a boy riding through a neighborhood because of the denomination he grew up in, riding through a neighborhood, y'all. A rich, nice neighborhood. We're not even rich, they just had pools. He said his daddy, was, his daddy was a pastor. He's round through neighbor He said, look at those kids. Pitiful, ain't it? Swimming in that pool. They not holy. And he said, he's sitting in the back seat going, I, I sure wish we weren't holy then because they're having a good time. Like, You know, we just, we were religious. But because we had expressive services, we thought we were doing it. We were poor, spiritually, had nothing, broken down, no peace. And because nobody knew it, we still lusted like everybody else. Struggled privately with addictions like everybody else. Lost our attitude like everybody else. And if you had to find enough evidence to convict us of being true followers of Jesus, we were lacking in every genre of it. Every genre of it. Our marriages didn't look any different than anybody else's. Our parenting didn't look any different than anybody else's. Heaven knows our bank accounts didn't look any different than anybody else. And we wanted nobody to touch it. But I'm telling you, I want Jesus to disturb me. I want my life to so mirror his, and I want it for all of us. I don't want peace to be something. Yeah, I got peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. And I leave here, and you live in hell. That's not good enough, man. That's not good enough. Let what Jesus has done for us by the giving away of his life, and now by his spirit, let that be a reality for us. So holiness is not necessarily what you do. He didn't say do holy as he is holy. He said be holy, even as he is holy. The angels are not flying around the throne of God going, look, he doesn't cut his hair. Look, he wear you can't see any skin. Look, he doesn't have tattoos. Look, he doesn't have an earring. That holiness is none of that stuff, man. And when you make holiness to be about external things, you miss it 100% of the time. And that kind of, watch this, that kind of holiness is always determined on what we do. But the holiness of Scripture will always be and go back to what he has done. And I don't care if you never cut your hair and you can wear a skirt that is a mile behind you and never show an inch of your skin, never get a tattoo, and never get a ring, and you will never be considered holy. But the angels fly around the throne of God and they say he is holy, holy, holy. Look, he don't got a tattoo. That's not what they're saying. I promise you. I promise you so his holiness has everything to do with our being and becoming. And so Peter says, you need to be holy just as he is holy. So I don't care if you got 37 tattoos or 57 tattoos and you got 27 piercings and you can tell me all the poor holes you crawled yourself out of. And God's eyesight, man, I'm telling you, when you see yourself in him, he says, you are holy. Yeah, but I lost my attitude Yesterday you are holy and as long as your holiness is determined on how you live You can have it one day and you can lose it the next day But if my holiness is determined on his state of being or isness Jesus it doesn't matter if I was a good boy today or I missed it royally I'm still holy because he doesn't change and my holiness is always in accordance with who he is Come on stand to your feet with me Stand to your feet with me We're done in Jesus name. I've already gone over Shoo. Father, I thank you today for the lives of those that join the faith through baptism. I thank you today for what you're doing in this region, Jesus. And I thank you for just gospel truth that says, I have been brought close by Christ. I have the peace of Christ and I'm holy because of Christ. And none of this is because what I've done, everything is because of what you have done for me and who you are. And that does mean my life will be different through my actions because of that, but I don't achieve it by how I live. We receive it because of who you are. If there's anyone on the sound of my voice, if you're struggling in the area of how you view yourself or maybe even how you view God, I want to give you permission to evict that mindset and see yourself as loved accepted even forgiven of Jesus and if your life has been dominated maybe by an appetite that you know is not a godly appetite in any arena of your life I'm telling you freedom is in the room today I'm gonna ask you a big big question if you're in here and you have anything that's dominating your life controlling your life any kind of appetite at all that's controlling your life in any arena and you want to be free from that I'm going to just count to three. I just want you just to come up here and meet me. Because our God always gives out freedom. That's just who he is. If that's you, one, two, three, come and meet me. If you need help... If you need help in those areas and you need healing, I just want you to move anybody at all. It doesn't matter if it's a mindset. It doesn't matter if it's a drug addiction. It doesn't matter if it was like me. If it was porn addiction or like me, if it was a religious addiction. It doesn't matter if you had low self-esteem and you, and you harbored that thing. It doesn't matter if somebody, you know what, had been telling you something about yourself since you were a young boy and now you've just begun to believe. It doesn't matter, whatever it is. If you need freedom in any capacity, I want you to get out of your seat right now and come. Anybody at all. Anybody at all. Thank you, Marcus. Anybody at all? Anybody else? I don't even need to know what it is, man. Jesus would do it. Jesus would do it. Thank you. Jesus would do it. Come on, we're just going to stand up here for a moment. Anybody else? Anybody else? Here's what I want you to do, family. Wait, family. I just want you to extend your hands this way, and I want you to release faith. That is trust and belief that what—that who Jesus is and what he's done in full effect will sweep through this room today can we just do that you may not know this but there's people standing in front of me right now that are extremely broken and really they feel like they're on their they're they're on the last thread of the rope and they're like god if you don't do this i don't know if i can that's a reality in the room right now come on just release your faith father right now and i just want you guys to get in a receiving posture father right now in jesus name i thank you That the hope that we sang about today is ours through Jesus and Jesus alone. And I pray that the ripple effects of what happened 2,023 years ago would just burn straight all the way through, through Ashley and Jesus name through this young lady in Jesus name through Marcus in Jesus name through Shanika in Jesus name through Robert and Jen in Jesus name and may the peace of Christ that is our reality in the son Let that hit our hearts like a bombshell now in Jesus' name. Come on, way, family. we just pray with me for a few moments. Would you just begin to by faith to make declarations that it is so, that it is done for them in Jesus' name. All of the demonic influence, Lord, all of the negativity, even the doubt that sometimes stems from our own mind. We just crush that now in Jesus' name. And we release the full effect of the kingdom of God on you now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Jesus, that it is so. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We had somebody tell me this week that was in the building. He said, man, the the presence of the Lord is undeniable in the building. And I said, God, will you let it do that on a regular basis in our lives? I thank God that he's in the building. I'm telling you, but I need him to hit our souls, man. I need him to hit our souls. I'm going to just ask Ken just to take a few moments and play. But I just want to release you guys. I want to remind you we have gospel night this upcoming Wednesday night at 6 30. God bless you. Go get your kids. Feel free to stay and mingle as much as you like. God bless you. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.